0: Hello my fine friends, welcome to another edition of Rahalastapa, this week with the fantastic and multi-talented Andy Osho. Look, we're doing some Rahalastapas live in a theatre with an actual physical audience in May, June and July at the Clapham Grand. Go to richardherring.com slash gigs to find the dates and the ticket links. If you can't make the theatre or if it sells out because it will be socially distance, so it won't be a capacity venue um you can pay to see the live streams of those shows as well if you can't afford to pay they will ultimately be released as podcasts but maybe with some stuff edited out if you want the live fun and joy of all the goss watch them live either in the theater or at home richardherring.com gigs i'll be announcing the guests as soon as i get them first of all it will go to the monthly badges go slash badges Uh, you'll get that's just one of the many benefits and extras and gifts you get for being a monthly badger three pounds a month and uh, you'll be helping us make more podcasts as well and what else I'm feeling quite well Uh, this is slightly out of order so this was actually recorded uh, before the Dominic Diamond one but uh, there may be some confusion about where I am in my long process in my difficult fight against cancer been pimpsy Thank you very much the NHS uh, I've been extremely lucky uh, Do keep checking your bits everyone Do keep checking them It's testicular cancer month Awareness month I, You know I was made aware of it Quite uh, brutally uh, This year so I don't need a month myself But maybe you do Check all your bits Stick your finger up your ass. You know it's fun If nothing else it's fun I don't know what you're looking for up there But um, you know you can give it a go Um We're carrying on with Twitch on uh, Mondays. Usually, we've got a snooker, Wednesdays, Rahalastapas, and Thursdays, Twitch of Fun, which is a lot of fun. It's got fun in the title, and uh, I'm very much enjoying those. Come and see those things for free if you would like. Anyway, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Rahalastapa with Andy Osho. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man who's a bona fide a legend of lockdown. It's Richard Herring. Hello. Welcome to. Look, Le- I'm a legend of lockdown. Hooray, I'm a legend. That makes up for losing a testicle. So, welcome to Richard Herring's uh, lovely standard telegraphing patriotism. Uh, that's behind me is that a standard is another word for flag. And I'm just proving that I'm proud to be British because it's very important to prove that right now. And I don't think anyone's got a bigger flag than that. So I am the best. Uh, But I was hanging around with the crew of the Ever Given container ship on the Suez Canal this week. I bet them they couldn't go all the way up the canal sideways. They took the bet on. They were great lads. I don't know how they got on. Um, uh, Anyway, they call it Rahalastapa. So I don't know if that's going to catch on uh thank you to everyone for voting for me and for that chortle award um that's very lovely i do deserve it and i'm delighted that chris evans not that one is not included in the uh, (laughs) the he does not deserve he's done nothing nothing so um i'd like to give him my own award but you know can't be bothered to sort it out so um yes look um Look, thank you for all the concern about my health as well. Uh, nearly, I mean, I'm going to be talking about this a lot. Okay, so <laughs> strapping is is going to be on my mind for a while. There's going to be a stand up show. There's going to be a podcast. There's going to be a book. There's going to be a sitcom about it. It's going to. It's all going to happen. Um, so. You know, skip through this if you if you don't want to hear about my <laughs> bollocks but I I'm nearly back to normal, though it's four weeks to the day since the operation as we're recording this, and my ball is yet to grow back, which I am a bit concerned about. Uh people are always talking about growing some balls being manly. Uh it's uh let's put up that graphic. Have I got the right one. Uh oh, it's not going on. Oh, yeah, there it is. Uh this kind of quite unpleasant actually can buy a thing saying grow your balls don't be a pussy that's what i'm talking about it's like that horrible idea that somehow masculinity is uh contained and strength is contained within these weakest fucking things that you could possibly (laughs) ever imagine um don't be a pussy what's stronger than a pussy nothing is stronger than a pussy either and i'm thinking about the cats uh but also the other kind of pussies is better uh it seems I'm uh, too, uh, so I'm macho, I can't even grow one ball. People, and and presumably all those tough men out there grow multiple balls. Uh, some, grow some balls certainly implies more than a couple. Presumably they had two to start with. So they're walking around with scrotums, bulging with testes. And however much I hold my breath and push, my diaphragm, still just one. Rattling around there like a hermit crab in an oversized shell. Um, maybe I'm trying to rush things, even a ham hand uh, grows back only after one month. So maybe I've got to work, uh, work it out. Um, I, I didn't take the prosthetic. That might be what a prosthetic looks like if you're watching the video. Uh, but, um, uh, I slightly regretting it now because there is, it, there's a lopsided element to it on one side. It's noticeably nothing there. And then you turn around the other side, uh, is, you know, like normal, uh, at the moment. And, um, it does. I have thinking maybe there's a bit of variety act in it. You know those uh, old acts that used to be sort of half man, half woman, <laughs> they turn one way and then they turn the other way and they would be a, a woman and then they turn the other way and be a man. Maybe I can do one where, you know, I turn one way, I'm a five-year-old boy, I turn the other way, I'm a grown grown man. Just It's a testicle-based variety act. I'm not sure <laughs> whether that will work out or not. I can't be sure whether i would be allowed to do that. It seems distasteful. Um, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Uh, You know, look, I I have lost a ball, so I am going to go on. And I know every time I say, I tell someone this, they say, have you looked in the last place you saw it? And I'm like, yes, of course I have. They're just trying to help, but it's annoying. Every single person, they go, oh, have you looked in your scrotum? As if I wouldn't have looked in my scrotum. I say, yeah, my my scrotum was the first place I looked for it. It's not there. That's why it was weird. But people are odd and they invariably, they say, do you mind if I check? I say, look, it's definitely, I've definitely checked my scrotum. You don't lose a ball and then not look for it in your scrotum. Do you think I'm stupid? And they say, just let me have a feel. You might have missed it. And I go, all right, all right, go ahead. But believe me, it's not there. And they're like immediately, oh look, I found it. Sometimes you just need a second <laughs> pair of eyes, don't you? And I say, no, you haven't. That's the other one. And they're all, what you had two? And I say, yeah, of course. And then they get angry with me. Then what are you complaining about? And I said, I don't think I was complaining. I was just stating the fact that I'd lost a ball. But you've still got one ball. Yes. So you've still got more than the average number of balls. What do you mean? If you averaged out, most men have two balls. Most women have no balls. There are slightly more women than men, and some men have one or none. So I, all in all, one ball is above average in the balls department and here you are crying and sobbing about oh I've lost one of my balls you with more balls than an average person has and I say I've had testicular cancer I thought you'd be sympathetic and they say well you were very wrong about that very wrong about it so um, good so that's what I'm saying there's a lot of material there's a lot of material to be had uh look I'm having chemo on Friday which sounds scary doesn't it but as with all of this thing uh, it's sort of like the holodeck experience of cancer. And it's a very light chemo. I don't think it'll affect me too much, but uh, we may not be back next week. I mean, you know, if it's really bad, I might never be back, but I think it'll be okay. <laughs> we may not be back next week. But if I'm well enough and not too tired, uh, we will be back next oh week. My more. Gosh. But let's do this week's show. My guest this week. <laughs> Oh, has to follow all that talk about balls. And it's quite, and the the what she's most famous for is quite apt. Uh, she's probably best known as Dr. Rogers in oh, Footballers' yes. Wives, Extra Time. Um, what I like about it that show is the, the S of wives is like a dollar sign, even though footballers are, generally speaking, in the UK. Uh, it's a dollar sign, but the S of footballers isn't a, a dollar sign. And that's what I'm going to be talking to my guest about for the next hour. It's <laughs> the wonderful Andy Yosha, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hello, hello.
1: How are you doing? I'm so excited to be reminded about that classic role, Doctor Rogers, of footballers, dollars, wives.
0: Well, and only an extra time. So that was that. Was that like the late night? Was that the Hollyoaks after dark, slightly sexy? Yeah,
1: bit? I think it was on like ITV2 before people started watching it as well. So I was really in the corner of the corner, <laughs> of the, like
0: <laughs> and. Were you called Doctor Rogers as a sort of uh, carry-on style?
1: <gasps> I just got that. Yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to go back and do the whole thing again if you didn't did not realise. I played it wrong. Like, you were meant to be playing like Sid James.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Well, I will. I will it. check it out. I didn't. I didn't catch it uh, myself, but I will try and find that. It must be on YouTube somewhere, right? Do you put it, it's not in, it's not in your show reel, I don't think I look, yeah I it's weird isn't it that yeah. one
1: didn't make it in. I think it got nudged out by insert other obscure role that I've played at some point
0: <laughs> hey you've done a I mean that's what's amazing about you Andy. I know you your comedy well and I've uh, seen you perform a few times and I was you know and I you you know I had actually spotted you uh, as I'd mentioned before we started on the on my favorite TV show. Death in Paradise you know you may be thinking people are going to pick up on I May Destroy You or some of the some of the highbrow stuff you've done but I saw you in Death in Paradise it was it, it was hard to recognize you you were playing a role uh, unlike I'd seen you before uh and, yeah I, I, was, uh, I
1: was also carrying holiday weight as well so <laughs> that was that
0: <laughs> but you, you were great and Death in Paradise is my uh you know ultimately I would like to be the detective, obviously. Right. Um, but I would, you know, it'd be nice to be one of the pasty English men who comes over and <laughs> his friend gets involved in a murder.
1: I tell you what, wow. you want to be a, a victim. That is yeah. a nice job to get because they fly you over for two weeks and then the victim sort of dies probably like day two. And then they're basically on holiday in Guadeloupe for <laughs> another 10 days. And then they have to do a little bit of filming at the end. It's a very, very nice gig.
0: <laughs> I have wondered about that. So that's definitely what I'll go for. I have seen. I was watching one the other day with Jason Manford in it. They, they right. do employ quite a lot of uh, comedians. Uh, in the show, usually the the, uh, the detective has uh, uh, often been a comedian. Um, That's true, yeah. So uh, yeah, so that would be. I mean, I just really fancy going and see. I don't really want to do the filming. I guess fancy sick every time I watch it I just think oh, I'd love to be sitting in that little bar by the sea drinking beer
1: so you just want to go to Guadeloupe?
0: yeah, for, yeah <laughs> okay. and, be pa- and be paid <laughs> um, and get be free paid,
1: beer. yes okay that is a big difference yeah yeah I and see be, what you're saying <laughs> and try and
0: work out if I'm the murderer or not that would be yeah, exciting
1: yeah do they yeah. let you
0: know before were you that oh, we I don't want to do too many spoilers you weren't the murderer in your episode were you're I
1: know it's I think it's no. been a year since that's gone out no yeah. I, I wasn't the murderer but they made me look very suspicious they make everything that's the thing
0: yeah. it's a dangerous island to go to there's always a murder and I, I don't know why the murderers they're always so inventive in their murders i think if they just bat, bat, bash, bash someone over the head and ran away <laughs> they'd probably get away with it but they make it look suspicious there's always three people who are, who are in the frame it's kind of weird the way it's always exactly the same <laughs> every week i do want to be on it i'm like not, i'm not i'm not knocking it right um, but, you know, they they go to an island where there's a detective who's very good at sorting out that sort of crime. Yeah, I would say that's the last place to go and do like a convoluted thing where you've worked out a way of making it look like you were. It's always the person who wasn't there, basically, although they, the last one I saw, they did bump that and it wasn't the person who wasn't there. But usually if a person is as far away as possible, right, they did it. They did it. Right. That's That's <laughs> the, that's
1: the death of Whoever seemingly seems the furthest <laughs> yeah. from the crime. It couldn't possibly be there. <laughs> it's
0: them, It's, it's them? them. Okay. I it got it. it. Get it. Did you have? Was it a fun? Was it a fun job anyway? I know you were working for the full two weeks, but did you have a nice uh, <laughs> bit of time on the beach? I yeah. well, almost.
1: I mean, we did manage to do a little bit of snorkeling in that, but um yeah, it's a lovely job, you know. And you, the the team are like lovely. Ralph, I think he just started when we got no, there, right, so right. he was sort of you know finding his feet, and was great as Neville. Um, yeah I mean I'd advise you to do it yeah go for it mate
0: (laughs) were you slightly offended at taking you so long to be in it given that it's a show that does employ every single black actor (laughs) working in the UK Right, where you're waiting by the phone going, when am I going to be on Death in Paradise? Exactly. It's almost like a
1: rite of passage, isn't it, for black <laughs> actors? Like, that's why they have to go through comedians as well, because it's like, oh, we've used up all the black actors, so now it's like, who can we get next? But, um, well, yeah, it's nice to have done it, that's for sure. You've done it, and that's it. Yeah. It doesn't matter
0: what else happens in your career, Andy. You've No one can take Death in Paradise or Footballer's Wives that extra time away exactly. from you. And that, everything else is just gravy. Now, it's quite interesting because you... Um, you you started off, well. You started off on the other side of the camera. You were in sort of production and post production yeah. and working on that side. And but yeah. you had had you been to drama school before that as well. You went to a couple of drama schools, right?
1: Well, I studied acting like when I was eighteen. So um, a lot of my friends we all did similar um, similar courses. But some of them went off to drama school after that to like full time train. But I just didn't think that that was something that I could do. I just. I had gaslit myself basically into thinking <laughs> people like you don't get to do stuff like that. So I went and got a job working in post-production. So it wasn't like for years uh, I'd been doing that for like 10 years. And that's when I thought, you know what, I really want to give the acting thing a go. And I left my <laughs> sort of nicely paid job and all the rest. It was, it was crazy. Like looking back, it was just such a mad thing to do, but you know, and you just like, you just feel it in you that that's, that's what's next.
0: I think that happens to quite a few people. I think they kind of get ten years into a, in a proper job, and if they've been creative or they've always harboured that desire, then you're sort of approaching thirty, and you're thinking, "Is this going to be it?" Yeah. And so it's, and I think when you're still in your twenties or your thirties or your forties, really, you can <laughs> you can still have a crack and go, "Look, I'm going to give this a go." And I think that's kind of quite nice if you've. So I mean, I understand it was a big step but it's quite nice to establish yourself and get a bit of security and then go, okay, let's just take a crazy risk.
1: Because yeah. you could have gone back,
0: They'd have had you back, wouldn't they? Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean I was freelancing as well anyway. So I could have like, you know, <laughs> tricked someone to give me a job in post-production. But but you know, I it's funny because I was I was actually approaching 30 when it happened as well. Yeah. And it wasn't like a it wasn't like a sensible choice of like, mm, now I've got to this point in my career and I've got a nice little nest egg or whatever, I'd like to try acting. It was just like, I'm so bored, right? <laughs> I mean, just this is not what I'm meant to be doing what can I do about that and then because I was working on a show where um there were a load of actors on site so production and post production was all on the same site so I got to know the actors and I think they're they're responsible for this basically it's all their fault <laughs> so you know getting to know them it made me realize oh this is I could actually do this I don't know how but it is something that I might be able to do.
0: Sure so it was more acting I mean you've sort of gone full circle because you started out as an actor and you were you were doing you know, you went back 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 to drama school. Was that was it the first drama the drama when you the course that you were in with Idris Elba? It must have been, I guess, must it was it the that was were, when, were, I,
1: when I was eighteen, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. He, so you'd I, seen
0: him do okay. He was doing all right <laughs> yes. back. And I've gone, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I could be Idris Elba. Um, and uh, yeah, so you you went to to acting first and we're doing you got quite a few roles. So what was it that prompted the not the move, but also the addition, I suppose, of doing stand-up. Was that was that a thought, I, I, you know, I can get some acting work out of it or did you suddenly get bitten by the comedy bug?
1: No, I, um, well, there was two things. One is I love stand-up anyways, but I, like a lot of people, I was like, but that's too terrifying. I would never do that, et cetera, et cetera. But I was also not, like acting work was basically drying up. And so when I was going for auditions or doing stuff, I was getting terrible stage fright. Like, I remember doing um, a, a play reading or something at the royal court, and just it's just an invited audience. So, there's only about 30 people in the room. And I was tripping over my words and didn't, you know, it was all over the place. And I was like, this doesn't, I can't carry on like this. So, what can I do so that I can have a bit more control over my sort of creative life, as it were? Stand up. Okay, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's the way to. But then eventually I I did, um, you know, Logan Murray's infamous course. And yeah, yeah just like, st- I just wanted to see how it would go. And I just wanted stage time. I just wanted to be doing, yeah, be a bit more in control of things. And then it sort of grew and grew and it took over. <laughs> and then the next thing, I'm a stand up then. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you did very well very quickly because what well, you decided to stand up about 2007. and. Is that right? It's about it's around. Yeah. So was my
1: it? first gig was on the Wibbly Wobbly Boat in March two thousand and seven, right. and I think by two thousand and ten, I think um, I did my first mock of the week, yeah. and then by two thousand and twelve, I was burnt out and I was done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you've done two live at the Apollos. Yeah. You've done you've done a lot of those shows, yeah. and so was it? Really, is that the last time you did stand up? I think I saw you at uh, Latitude. I think was the last time I saw you do stand up, which was it would have been a Roundabout about then i remember yeah. seeing you
1: yeah yeah, i think that that sounds about right i mean the last time i did stand up was probably about i because i went to the states after that and so i did a little bit there and the la scene is horrible so that you know that killed my love of uh stand up as well but yeah i probably did that for a couple of years so i'd say probably around like 2004 something like that was probably the last time i did stand up
0: 2014
1: oh sorry 14 yeah, yeah, so yeah 2014 yeah. 15 something like that
0: yeah cool and so what was it why what why did you stop because that's kind of quite was it just because the acting was going well and the writing was going well or was it was it know, really that you you had enough of the, the the job
1: i was done i was yeah. i was really done <laughs> it is a hard life as you yeah. know it's like it's not it's not for everyone and it's not just it's not just about being good at the job it's there's so much more to it that is nothing to do with actually being on stage and I was, if I'm honest, feeling quite uninspired by the industry in the sense of what was possible for me. And it's not to say that what people uh, are doing isn't, isn't interesting or whatever. It's just when I saw that path and what was possible out of following that path, I was just like, that, that's, not, that, that's not enough for me. Do you know what I mean. I just don't want to bounce from panel show to panel show to panel show. Even though that's great work, obviously, and and it's hugely entertaining for people, it just wasn't right for me. I think stand up is a craft, and I wanted it to be an art form, almost like the sort of Richard Pryor relationship with it. But to do that, I have to be just doing that and get really good at that. But loads of opportunities thrown in your path, and you and I kept biting at them, and they were taking me down this. Weird path that I didn't want to go down. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I do. Well, I think that's interesting. I think be I don't know, I think that's the state of comedy as well. Is that it's well, actually, weirdly, I guess acting and writing your own plays, which you also do, is almost the way to to get into TV and do like a proper sitcom with a bit of oomph to it. And that's happened, obviously, at two or three kind of more actory uh, people in Fleabag and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I may destroy you and, and, and uh, uh chewing gum she did before didn't she and it's uh, you know it's it's as a comedian you really are that's it isn't it it's either I let, what I'm going to do is panel shows even or present a game show or you know and. and you're not that's not really I sort of I feel very sad about it because when I started you know you'd think oh I could get my own show on the radio and then maybe we'll get a show on tv and we we'll do stand-up and do sketches or whatever you want to do and that just doesn't really seem to be open there for anyone anymore so yeah I can understand why and you know I think the acting was obviously going well and the writing was going well and America's beckoning, which again seems to be uh, a place where a lot of black actors d- decide to decamp to, yep. because the UK is, doesn't etch <laughs> itself has to go to America, for example. Uh, but but lots, you know, lots of, uh, of, of black comedians as well, and from the UK have gone across to America and done fantastically well out yeah. there. So it's yeah, it, yeah. it is is there is there a, is that a, a you know because America doesn't seem like the least racist <laughs> country in the world. <laughs> to me but is that does that reflect bad, does that reflect badly on the uk is is it is it is it a is it a problem within the industry do you think
1: that oh gosh i mean su- that's such a big topic isn't it because it it's is. it's not out and out that like the uk is terrible and would rather have a white actor do blackface rather than actually hire a black person it's not that bad but it is it it's just um it's just a little bit frustrating in terms of the outlook of what's allowed. Like America, as much as they have terrible problems with race, they also, um, there's a lot, there's loads of space for underrepresented groups Well, they're not so underrepresented anymore in the States. They're not there yet, but there's a lot more space. Whereas I think in the UK, black, you know, black and ethnic minority. I'm not going to say BAME, but you know, we we st- the industry is still figuring out where to place us, and also um, allowing us to break out of stereotypical ways of seeing us. You know what I mean? Like it's not all top boy, and I'm, there's nothing wrong with top boy or whatever. But we got to have other. You gotta represent us in other ways, or give us the space to represent ourselves so we can let you know that we don't all live on council estates. And we're not all, do you know what I mean? So sure. so that's the frustration, I think. And and sometimes I, I guess black performers and artists get a bit frustrated that they can get in, but only through this really narrow lens of perception. So 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 in the states you you can really get cast as any role really Mm. and it's much more interesting what you have access to there but the UK is like not far behind and is learning it is like people are in the industry making an effort so I don't want to sort of dog on them and say oh you know it's terrible because it's not but it's just very different America's kind of extremes isn't it because they will have a black president and then they will have Trump it's just like it, it, it's we just can't... they
0: go from one to that's fair isn't it is have a black president and have an anti-black president a, a white, president. That a white, is white nationalist that is
1: yeah. you know it's fair so that's, there, a, there, there could be nothing
0: more equal than that <laughs> I mean that is that's equality right there and then and how did you find obviously you've come back from America and so you're in America for three or four years or yeah, something like that. yeah 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 and so, what was it working out for you? You did a lot of work out there, and you, you were getting roles, and you're in movies and TV stuff. And...
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. I think that my biggest takeaway was learning stuff. So I learned about myself, I learned about the industry, and then and then the work was kind of secondary, because it wasn't like I was, you know, flying off the shelf or anything, because they got black people there anyways. (laughs) So, you know, so um, for me, the takeaway was I had space to write my book, but also I just learned so much and just I gained a lot of confidence and belief in myself to really trust myself to choose the path that I want to be on rather than just get onto rails that somebody else has, get onto, you know, tracks that somebody else has put down and, okay, I suppose this is what I'm doing now which is kind of how I was with comedy. It's just like, all right, these things are being offered. So obviously I'm supposed to say yes, even though I'm not really enjoying a lot of this stuff.
0: Right. And you've come back and it's, you know, it just, uh, I'd seen the book was out and, uh, but since I've booked you, like it seems you've sort of exploded (laughs) everywhere because there's 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 the podcast you've got as well. And there's, um, we'll talk about all of this. Uh, You've just done a really great thing for comic relief, where you learned to be an opera singer. Yeah, Uh, your your there's your photo is in Line of Duty, and I'm guessing hey, I'm guessing it's going to be more than your photo. (laughs) But that's like that's like I hope it isn't. I really hope it (laughs) is. I really hope they went. Andy, can we?
1: No, we just had a lovely day doing loads of different photos. Oh, it was glorious. Jed was there, Martin (laughs) came in to see how we were getting on.
0: (laughs) So, that's whatever that is, and I know we can't talk about it yet, it's very exciting. Whatever may be coming there is very exciting. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the the comet relief thing first, which I just uh, which was like a terrifying prospect that they just took five comedians. Yeah, and comedy and, and uh, well, Jennifer Saunders, I suppose, counts as a comedian, and uh, and you counts as a comedian, uh, and um, Alex. Funny Pritchard, people, funny people. I think on the whole, weren't they? But yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, our, our friend Caroline Quentin, who's been on the show, and Jade Adams, who's been on this show before, Um and just in a genuinely in twenty four hours, you had to learn to sing Ness and dorma in Italian. Is it? I think yes, it is, <laughs> yes, in, it Italian. is in Italian.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah and uh it did a banging brilliant job if you if you haven't seen it just there's a there's a short uh, thing on YouTube where you can see your reactions to finding out what you had to do oh yeah and then and the fear in your face. You know, all of your faces. I,
1: yeah. I, to be honest with you, it, it probably they it, the way they cut it, they made it look like fear, but we were <laughs> all just so moved. It's yeah. not even as like cool and funny as as that. It was just like we we because Jade said it, you know, no no one's heard live performance for a year. And then we didn't know what was going on. So we saw some people down in the stalls and the curtains were down. And um, then Jennifer, I think she turned around, she said, I think something's going on. And the curtain went up and there was a full orchestra, socially distanced. And then the the singers stood up and then the tenor just sang and we just, just all burst into tears because it was just so beautiful. But And also in and dormer, when you take it away from any associations you have with football or whatever, It's an incredible piece of music. So, yeah, we were just all a bit overwhelmed. (laughs) Caroline Quentin was like, okay, I'm off. (laughs) (laughs) Went to sort of wipe the mascara away. But, yeah, it was quite a powerful moment.
0: Yeah. And obviously they'd chosen you all knowing you could sing, I, I imagine, because it would have been terrible if you couldn't sing. But had you ever done anything of that level before? God, no. Uh,
1: I mean, you know, the crazy thing as well is I have, like, I've sung in theatre shows, like not musicals, but shows that have a bit of music in them. Or, and I did, I did a little show, um, comedy and singing, it was comedy and songs or whatever, um, at the Vauxhall Tavern one time. But it was nothing like this because... No. Opera singing is so frigging technical and it is a whole body thing. It isn't even just about what's happening in your throat. It's totally about, you know, your ribs being in the right place and your diaphragm and your knees being soft and all this sort of stuff. So it was it was a lot to learn.
0: Because they didn't show. and Well, in the, in the clip I saw, I don't know if there was a, a longer thing, but they, it just cut from you leaving the theatre to... You doing the song, so right. I don't, they didn't. I didn't see any of the any of the process of <laughs> but the terror they, they preparation. Did, did they, <laughs> But it, but it, you know, because it could, would have been funny if you, you'd not been good at it. <laughs> but, and you're sort of expecting, oh, uh, you know, yeah, probably it's you no, know, maybe there'll be maybe one of them won't be very good, or maybe none of them will be very good, or maybe. <laughs> but actually, you're all like bang on, um, and like I mean, Jade Adams, I thought. I thought right. they might have put a record on when she came on Do you know Because I mean? it was so astonishing. Because I know Jade, and I know she can sing, but it was just so like an opera singer. It was unbelievable.
1: Oh, she, her and Caroline were amazing. I mean, Richard Curtis came up to us beforehand and said what you just said. Like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. It could go either way. It could be funny if it's a disaster. And we're like, all right, mate, thanks. For the, you know, vote of confidence. But, you know, as it turns out, everyone was great. I it, They were just great. such a lovely team to 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 do that with and just to put yourself out there way outside your comfort zone it was a real experience
0: well it's doing it live as well that's the you know it's not even just like we're going to do it you're going to do it live if you fuck this up oh. <laughs> that's, that's it it's live TV everyone's going to see you know like I love Alex just did his bit and then the biggest smile you've ever seen anyone give. Oh, <laughs> when he got it. through it it was just you know <laughs> so you could you knew everyone was nervous and you knew you could sense the sort of relief when it all worked out but yeah it's great If do check it out if you if
1: you oh, cool! That's really funny. I haven't seen it, so I didn't know that. But yeah, I mean, because as, as the as they gave the countdown, because you could hear it in the studio, I could because I was all right. And then as soon as the countdown started, legs started shaking. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I, it was man. terrifying, absolutely terrifying.
0: Well, well done. It was, and you know, rarely for comic relief, it was very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> nice um, <on> comic relief. <laughs> Thank they, comic relief are great. They're great, but. <laughs> Get up, come on um it, you know it's rare that it, it it's rare I think that it like it impresses you <laughs> I have to say it is there's loads of funny stuff on it there's some stuff I mean there's some stuff that's not meant to be funny right I don't think you're meant to be laughing at the little films in between but they don't play those for rare. laughs no. they don't play those for laughs. I mean you know, I'm sometimes I'm laughing um and uh, your podcast, which is very—I've you know, listened to a couple of episodes of your podcast today. Uh, creative Source,
1: yeah. And so, where,
0: where, what was the impetus to start this up? Is this this is quite a new thing right
1: or is yeah, this, this yeah. I well I started doing these as a live stream on Instagram probably about two years ago now right. and so every Sunday basically I would have a conversation with whoever showed up and we would talk about a different topic to do with being a creative and then afterwards I was like I feel like this has more life in it. And I was going to just take the audio and, you know, put that out as a podcast because I did 50 of them in the end. And then I thought, no, start again because I was, I was kind of, conversing with people and chatting and going oh hi and how you doing you know which probably isn't going to make great audio like for a podcast so I thought start again start the conversation again and just say what I want to say today about those topics so it's basically all about creativity and you know I take a different topic every week and just talk about it and hopefully help people feel a bit more inspired and like not motivated as in get out there and do it. It's not, I'm not drill sergeant or, or anything like that, but it's more like here's a different way of seeing these different things so that you can empower yourself, that type of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I, I, it's a very lonely thing. And it's maybe especially this year if you're working, oh, creating something, you know, if yeah. you're a writer writing anything or if you're, you know, if you're an actor not acting mm-hmm. uh, or whatever, you know, it's very lonely. It's really great just to hear those issues that you all have sort of discussed openly by people who are doing well you know i think that's nice you know you can say look you'll go there's one about rejection and you have richard osman on talking about about that you think oh you know richard osman rejected at some point (laughs) then there's a there's a hope for us that we could go on to present you know 10 years of tv and write a a book that sells a million copies in a day or whatever yeah yeah
1: yeah Uh, so you
0: know it's great you know it's good to know and it's and to look at the positives of that i think that's my sort of take home from this whole year and everything that's happened to me in the last 12 months mm. is it sort of understanding the, you know, it's, there's bad stuff, but it's, but it's taken the positives out of the negative situation to learn that lesson, I suppose, is what you've been talking about all the way through about kind of your, your own personal journey.
1: Yeah yeah totally because the even though this has been really a really challenging time there are some positives that have come out of it like people you know we were talking before about you being able to have guests from different parts of the world yeah. that might not have been something that they would have been available to do we wouldn't have thought to use technology in this way so that's really good yeah. and i and you know a weird little thing is i really love seeing people walking like just like families out walking because yeah. it's so like back to basics because <laughs> life was so like hundred miles an hour before. So seeing people like there is literally nothing to do. <laughs> like we've, <laughs> we've completed Netflix. You know what I mean? Like the, all there is, is to just like hang out with your stupid family and go for a nice walk. Yeah. So that's really lovely to see. I've really enjoyed that. And I've started doing it myself. I try and like do that every day just to be out and, you know, fresh air and be amongst people
0: or whatever. Yeah, no, it's it's true. You know, it's that, and it's as a having kids, it's been you know, it's been hard at times to look <laughs> after them all the time, and I have schools and all that sort of stuff. But it's been really terrific as well for for just spending more time together, and the kids spending more time together, and becoming you know, becoming a more of a unit most of the time. Uh, <laughs> most of moments. the
1: time, <laughs> they have
0: their moments, but you know, it's been yeah. I mean, that's it to look at the positives, and to you know, when when you have something. And obviously, a lot of people had to cope with really terrible things this year, either being ill themselves or losing uh, family members. But it's but it's sort of, again, it's <clears throat> it's about, I guess, understanding how fragile everything is and making the most of it while we've got it as well, you know. So it's my own little personal journey <laughs> Even over the last two months. just sort I've come out of it feeling like so, so much happier, I think, in a way oh, than I was wow. before. Because I just sort of feel, you know, like I'm not, hopefully not going to die. But there was a point where I thought, oh, is this going to kill me? And and you sort of just appreciate what you've got and how lucky you are, you know, whatever that is. I think so. It's uh, you know, yeah. Hopefully, it's difficult to know. It's difficult to know whether we'll all uh, come out of it and everything in a, in a year's time. Everyone will finally collapse and everything will fall apart. Or as again we were saying before the podcast, whether it will turn into a sort of, I mean, I, you didn't use the word fuck fest, but I think that's I think that's where we I think that's <laughs> Hopefully, I'll turn to a massive fuck fest and uh, they'll <laughs> yeah. let married people join in with that for a, for three or four months, and then you've you earned back, it. Then you have to go back to your, uh,
1: your lives. respective <laughs> lives. Yeah, um, well, yeah, sure, fuck fest. Why not? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, talking a fuck fest. Oh yeah, uh, we do. We do have a <laughs> we do have a similar backstory in our comedy shows. Oh yeah, uh, in that um, what your 2011 show, I think, in, yeah. was about dating. Oh right, and yeah, you yeah, would. Yeah. And you would, uh, and I'm not saying it was a fuck, so it wasn't a good link. Uh, and uh, you you went on dates with someone from your audience after every show. Yeah. Um, I did a show, uh, it was a different idea, uh, in 2004, where I, for the show, I dated 50 women in 50 consecutive nights. So it's a very similar thing, except I, did. you know, it wasn't part of the show. It was part of the show in the end, but it was before the show. So
1: yeah, I mean, so. sure, sure.
0: So I had that experience of... Going out with loads of different people in the very what short What did you
1: learn from that? That is
0: fascinating. Yeah, well, it was it was good. I think it was it was good, and it was terrible. I mean, I, got, I was very ill afterwards because I just was. Dr- Drinking every night and getting pissed every night and and, uh. and and staying out as late. I sort of made rules for myself and you know I and which I basically stuck to, which was as long as they wanted to carry on the date, I would carry on.
1: Oh right, <laughs> that's not a rule. <laughs>
0: that's just being out. Well, you know, but I would I would I, would, anyway, I got very tired and but also I met a lot, I was very sort of shy about acting, asking people out or getting uh, getting into relationships with people if they made it really clear they fancied me before that and with this and i was really nervous even about doing this and even though it was stupid and it, and but because it was sort of like a game and it didn't matter i just went on 50 dates with 50 not exactly random people but friends of friends and people who oh, okay. were single uh you know and it's occasionally uh what so, whatever so someone i didn't know at all uh and you know you would just and you weren't because you were, there was no expectations about it and because you'd spend an evening with someone you'd often have a really good time with them. so it uh-huh. became massively confusing because i met i basically had to then go on around a round of second dates with quite a lot of them, and you know, so I oh, was you guilt dated I was, them. I was occasionally, but it, but it was you know, but also because you it made what we made realize is like being honest in relationships is absolutely the best thing. Okay, and I yeah. think a lot of men, especially, think they have to lie and that they think women are a different breed and are yeah. looking for something different. But if you look if you want to uh, date 50 people in 50 nights don't do it it's insane but if you want to do it then if you as long as you're honest with everyone who's who's doing it and saying you know this is what's going on that's it's fine they want to do it that's fine it's if you're dating 50 women in 50 nights or 50 men in 50 nights And not telling them.
1: (laughs) Do you know is that is that? Because I'm I'm picking up on what you said about men feeling like they have to lie. Because I'm just like you know playing back some of my sort of dating history. Do you think that's a thing for guys that they think that they have to say things that women want to hear?
0: I think. Well, this is me, and I'm a bit obviously I'm a bit older than people who are dating now. I feel my generation were brought up as men to think. Like that, women were there, you know, were sort of like this wall of resistance, and they would, they didn't really want to, they didn't really want to have sex or or be with you, and you had to, you had to persuade them or trick. You know, you look at all the films in the eighties and nineties, the romantic comedies. It's kind of people tricking people into going out, you know, lying about who they are, and uh, you know, and I think it took me ages to realise. You know, obviously, people are. Uh, it's everyone's in a spectrum and it doesn't matter what sex, gender you are is you know some people want to be with one person and want to wait till they're married but most people are, are and some people want to have sex with everyone they meet most people are somewhere in between that and, yeah you know yeah. and women aren't you know women obviously it just took me ages to realize that <laughs> I think that you know it. It was that that women were were the same as men in that they're way. Just and I, think a, I think a lot of men don't a lot. Well, I think exactly if you're honest about it. But I think you think I think you're made to think. Oh, women will want a commitment. I was weirdly as a young man, I was I was very into the idea of commitment, and I but it was right. my parents. My parents had met when they were thirteen and they are still together, and they're eighty-three oh, wow.
1: now. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Um,
0: and so. um I kind of thought that would be it, so I was actually quite prudish and um, and really believed my first girlfriend would be my wife and all that sort of stuff. So that was that was my backstory a little bit. But I think realizing that, yeah, i realizing that just being upfront and honest, because you also, I also realized all the people who'd hurt me in relationships had lied to me. You know, just they right. they'd been with you know something else had been going on, and if they just said oh, something else is going on, you go, okay, well I have to. Uh, work out whether you know i mean and so it's just realizing it's about the empathy and i think a lot of men aren't taught uh empathy a lot of men don't think of the world like that and hopefully they're getting better and this you know again i'm still talking about 2004 when i did this thing but that was I, i realized lots of things what about you It was a slightly different thing because you were you were dating men from your audience and presumably in quite a controlled and small way of I mean, you went. At, what you'll go out for a drink with them after the show or did you
1: yeah yeah so basically um and a lot of times they were volunteered <laughs> they weren't yeah. necessarily volunteering themselves and then we go for a drink in because I was at the courtyard so um yeah we just go for a drink in one of the marquee bars that have been set up there and and actually my rule was that they put the drinks out beforehand and so mine was a tonic water dressed up to look like a gin and tonic or whatever and they had a pint of beer and we just I think we'd have like two drinks and then that was it. Right. But then the only the only thing is is like on the Friday night it was so heaving in the courtyard that I had to start we had to start going elsewhere because the bar would like set a little reserve, you know, the reserve a table for us. And so you know it was really straightforward grab the drinks in the bar go and sit down done but on the Fridays because it was so busy we had to go somewhere yeah. so then it really felt like I was leaving <laughs> the sanctum of the courtyard you know what I mean it's just like oh, I'm just gonna text all my friends and let them know where I'm going yeah. you know so and then yeah so that was a little bit weird but there was one guy I remember he was uh, he was quite young actually and I thought oh he's actually really nice but he had to go and meet his family afterwards oh. so he's he's he was like one of two people that I thought oh
0: i think i sort of think i found it interesting that when you know especially with not really trying to match up with people that you want to match up with and just like random really it was just like who who do you know who'd be up for this and it, but but actually the number and the meeting because i would do like a whole evening with people uh or, or day a whole day sometimes uh and uh you know you'd meet them and go yeah and no, that this person's not my type at all you know mm. this is they will just have a fun time but actually spend a couple of hours, two or three hours with someone and really get to know them. And you kind of go, oh, no, actually, I really like this person. And right. you wouldn't have immediately, I would never have chosen to go out with them. It was just massively confusing. And I'm not saying it wasn't fun, uh, but it was, I did end up going out with one of them for about a year afterwards. Oh, wow. But it, but it took quite a long time to get down to, get down to one.
1: <laughs> and narrow narrow it down,
0: <laughs> and then it didn't it didn't I work out, it. but it but but it made me much more open to try and just go you know just to go on dates, yeah. which I think is an American thing. You know, I think that's that's why you'd have in Scotland, and I know with a largely probably English audience, I think men are very reticent about. It. That's what I think men think that if you're asking a woman on a date, then you're sort of asked them to <laughs> marry you, and you know it's not you can't just go. Let's go out for a night and see it. You know that we've. I thought of all the nights in my twenties that um, that I just stayed in the house on my own. That you could have just gone. Let's go out go, with yeah. any single person in the world because hey, you might meet them. But it's still better. You might meet someone, but you you're still better than just sitting at home on your own playing Civilization. But you're,
1: too. you're right. <laughs> You're right yeah, about weekend. the cultural No, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, you're right about the cultural thing though because I think we need more of that American style dating. Let's just hang out, go for some drinks, have dinner and not have any idea where it's going or any um a sort of attachment to a second date or yeah. whatever comes next, you know, cuz we we don't really do that. We we just sort of Stagger back to theirs, and the next thing you're living together, <laughs> so, a little bit of
0: well space, that's what you mate. do in your routine. you talk about not having dated for four years, but you know, but that whole thing <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, I yeah. Say I haven't say <laughs> haven't got drunk and gone back to someone's house yeah, but yeah. um you know, but it's it is that's a very brit it's a very british thing and then sometimes those sort of hookups will turn out to be something and sometimes they could have turned out to be something if they hadn't been sort of ridiculous drunken hookups so I find it it all very interesting but I find it interesting that you you must have made a choice to be single really through those times when you were saying you hadn't was that true you hadn't dated for four years or was that a a comedy bit?
1: no no I mean it was longer than that actually because I think it got to 10 years in the end. Right. Um, um, It was just the way it went. And it wasn't, well, I could say it's not for want of trying, but I probably, I was doing something (laughs) to to sort of repel people. But um, yeah, it's just the way it went. I was thinking the other day that uh, for me, I don't know if relationships fit. I, I genuinely, you know, you just have a, a, a conversation with yourself about stuff. I mean, maybe that I'm not cut out for that, whatever it is. And for me, I'm just like, maybe I'm genuinely not cut out for relationships because they don't stick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's, well, it may be true, Andy. I think, I, you mean, know, I think I was the same though, you know, I'm thinking like until I, w- I was ready to for a relationship when I met my wife, but it, but when I met my wife, it was like, it was suddenly, quite different even than the more serious relationships I'd had before it was Mm -hmm. it was there was something that you know I wanted to like change my entire lifestyle because my lifestyle (laughs) especially when I was coming at the 40 was like that probably at my my sort of most uh uh what's the word (laughs) most uh yes (laughs) you know bacchanalian is that the right word I'm not trying but it was you know I was I was out having a good time as I approached 40 and also but but also like there was something in me that was deeply wrong, you know. I was I was unhappy. I think uh-huh. so. I think I think I kind of needed to find the right person, and then suddenly it sort of made sense. But I would have said, you know, certainly through my twenties, I thought, you know, I'm not really I had a couple of girlfriends in my twenties, I think, but you know, not I. It was, you know, I thought maybe I'm not. That's not going to happen to me uh-huh. in the same uh-huh. way. So you know, I think you never know. I mean, I think it must be it must be a choice you're making. Um, you're a very intelligent and articulate and attractive woman. So you, there, there should be no problem with you uh, yeah, finding people.
1: those aren't the things, are they, really? So, it's, it's, some, it's something other than that, because otherwise, why did Jay, Jay-Z cheat on Beyonce? Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying on Beyonce, but like, you know what I mean? If she can get cheated on or have a dodgy relationship or whatever, yeah. then that doesn't, that can't be it. <laughs> the, the attractive <laughs> well, it or the have... intelligent bit can't be it.
0: I think that all that sort of stuff is a, is a... Well, no, but it's getting into the relationship. You know whether people cheat on people is another issue. That's true. But getting getting into the relationship, deciding to have a relationship, I think it. You know, it's interesting, and it's interesting. You did a show about it, and I've I've seen that a few times. People doing doing. You know, and obviously I've done. It wasn't the show. My show in the end wasn't really about about that, which should that should have been the show. Um, But um, but yeah, it's, it's 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 obviously it's interesting to see that but yeah but equally there's no reason you have to be in a relationship and there's no reason you know that that and in a lot of ways i think in the modern world you know less people should be in relationships because we I got the right. world
1: <laughs> uh, you know to be honest with you i also in my mind i associate them with trouble like yeah. like i've got life just down, you know what I mean? Like, I've just got things sorted, I have to, I do things my way, and I like the thing Whoopi Goldberg said is like, they, someone asked her, like, Why is she not in a relationship, or why hasn't she got married again? and she was like, I don't want anyone else in my house. <laughs> and it's just like, Do you know, babe, I get you, I don't want anyone in my house either.
0: <laughs> I do, you know, I, I, I can absolutely see it. and I but it's sort of interesting because your I've had your, your book, which I'm about halfway through, I've listened to the audio book, and it's not the kind of book I think I would usually have. Uh-huh. Picked up in this a uh, romantic comedy, but <laughs> but it's got a bit more and it kind of made me wonder why more comedians. A lot of comedians have written like kids' books, but mm-hmm. not many comedians have gone into writing that sort of romantic comedy, relationship style books. And you would think they would because so many comedians' <laughs> acts are about that. Yeah, uh, and it's really you know it's clever what you've done, and it's you know it's 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 beyond what people would do. In a stand up act, and it's a complicated story about three friends and their various uh, their various sort of dating disasters and trying to sort that out. But it's quite you know, it's a romantic book where I've heard you say that all three characters are, are based on you, but they're all quite different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I um I'm not there yet in terms of like people being interested in an autobiography. So I thought it would be nice as well to just take like like little parts of my life and who I am and put that in the book. So the oldest one is definitely me now. She's kind of a bit shut off to love. The middle one is very... So she's in her thirties and she is just like desperate to find love. And she keeps thinking, Oh, this guy's the one, this guy's the one. And the youngest one is, is 29. So she's very, she compartmentalizes everything. She's got a plan. She knows how she wants her life to play out. And not all of them are going to get, they get wake up call in different ways because of where they're looking from um, through the course of the book. But I also like, I wanted to write something that was kind of, that spoke to female friendship as well and just the yeah. truth of it so it's kind of a bit of a romance about female friendship as well as about sort of intimate relationships as well
0: yeah and was that something you always wanted to get into because it's you're a very clever woman right i have to say this you've won <laughs> you've won mastermind twice and that's not even possible that's that's actually true. Yes, <laughs> so I'm, I didn't. I'm very jealous. I didn't win the time I was on, and I was, and I'm very clever.
1: You are uh, very clever. So I'm
0: very annoyed that you've got two, <laughs> you're your infinity times better than me with one. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, and it's a, it's, you know, it's writing a book is hard, right? And I saw you talking oh, about writing, yeah. talking about the creative, the creative process of writing, and saying you know you just got to get that first draft out, and then, mm. and then start writing the book. Um, but it's, it's a big undertaking, right. To write a a book and it's, it's, is, is that, is that what, if if you wanted to do that for a a long time, I know you've been writing plays and uh, TV stuff is, is a novel that.
1: It were was, it wasn't, it wasn't in the sense of, you know, people talk about, oh, you know, everyone's got a book in them and all that. So I wanted to give it, I've always wanted to give it a go, but there's never really been time. But then I happened to meet a great agent who hooked me up with a great publisher. And so, you know, they were really keen to, I, p- I pitched them the idea and they were really keen to to go with it. So I was like, okay, shit, now I've got to write a book. Oh, wait, first I've got to learn how to write a book. So (laughs) even though you know your fantasies about, uh, you know, being a novelist, the the mechanics of actually doing it, my God. I mean, it's definitely the hardest creative thing I've ever done because I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, most of the time I don't know what I'm doing, but I particularly (laughs) didn't know what I was doing with this thing. So, um, yeah, I did want to do it, but I just didn't know how, and I didn't know what I was letting myself in for.
0: Yeah and it's great that you do the 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 audio book because we get you know there's it's a funny it's a funny novel and it's not just funny it's uh, you know it's a, it is as you say about relationships and you know there's there's a, there's a lot to it but it's nice to hear the author. Not every author could perform their own book as as well as as you could as well, I suppose. was there was there, was there ever a question that you were you wouldn't gonna do it yourself?
1: Well, only probably halfway through and I was like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing again. Um it's kind of daunting actually, because I suddenly realized like how responsible I am for communicating the story to the listeners yeah like this is a real thing it's <laughs> so <laughs> like a job you know what i mean rather than just me reading out my book and spotting like typos or whatever it's like a <laughs> yes. proper proper thing so um but i really i wanted to do it because i know these women so well and i know the story so it felt like to me it felt like natural that i i would read it but i get how other authors would want somebody else to as well they, you know they've done their bit do you know what i mean <laughs> i just want to you might just want to relax now rather than then have to do like an all audio voice recording thing.
0: It's a hard, you know, my book that I've just done is a short book. I think comparatively it's only like 25,000 words. And that still took two days to record. So you must have been doing like a sort of weeks worth of recording. Oh yeah, it, it was you a week. Viewed, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you. And the, the funny thing is, is even though I wrote it, I was still tripping up over stuff. Going, <laughs> oh wait, what did I? What did I? No, oh yeah, okay, all right, all right. Let me just do it again. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, I can do this. I can do this. Producer was so patient with me. Bless them. But uh, yeah, it's not a given that you you'll know what you were talking about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to ask some emergency questions. We did some before great Uh, yeah you're good but it was good for the badges they're gonna love it um I'm going to ask you, have you ever seen a ghost? That's my very important question for you. That's
1: really interesting. Do you know, I've been asked that a few times and I wish I could say yes, because Ah. I do believe in them as, uh, in theory, Yeah. but I've never seen one. I do not want to see one. I don't (laughs) want to experience one. I don't want to experience anything supernatural. I am like the most susceptible person when it comes to films based on the supernatural. Right. So even just this conversation is giving me the heebie jeebies That's where I'm at with it. So
0: Well, you can't see my spooky I've got a very spooky <laughs> attic behind it. I know she Have haven't got I know haven't got a Union Jack. Up in you, behind you. I don't know if that's no. See, you, see, just do just, you okay. hate Britain? as you hate do you hate Britain? Because I love Britain. No, well. my
1: my my portrait of the Queen, which yeah. is ceiling to floor. Oh, okay, may I say is just over here. So oh, whatever, right. Because
0: yeah. I've got quite a big uh, flag. Bag. Yeah. Well, just, well, I've also
1: got her diversity officer. A picture of them right beside right beside her, keeping it real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, I and um, uh, let me. I've got to, oh, if. Uh, uh, I'll ask you this. If you yes. could, if you had a finger that could travel through time, where would you send your finger to and what would it do? In, in, in and it could go in the future and go into the past.
1: Ooh, which what finger?
0: Would it, well, any finger of your choice. There's just a finger-sized hole to the past. You can go back and alter time with your finger so you could just put your finger in and change something or just feel, feel something in history. You just okay. I think what. what I
1: might do is I might just go back to when Justin Timberlake ripped off Janet Jackson's, like, thing. <laughs> yeah. Just put, put my thumb across and save her dignity. Save everyone a lot of trouble. She wouldn't get cancelled. Yeah. Right? He'd, yeah. He, he wouldn't have to, like, do some weird grovelly apology. <laughs> 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 Everyone's a winner.
0: Yeah, that's that's good. Not that far back in his You know, I suppose, I suppose Martin... It's probably, Fried, like, 20 years or something, is it? Well, I suppose it's a while now, actually, yeah. I mean, that is history. You're right. We're so old. We're so old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are
0: <laughs> it's all it's all too terrible <laughs> to, to worry about uh and uh this is a, a newer emerged question that isn't in the book oh. um if you could if all the world's art galleries and museums got together and said we love andy mm-hmm. and we're going to let her have one thing of her choice from any museum or art gallery in the world and she can keep it i can see you're already you've you've got a lot of taste i can tell just from my IKEA scheme of your painting wall. on you, the wall. You've got a lovely painting up there that's probably worth hundreds of thousands of pounds.
1: <laughs> IKEA's finest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, what? Which is there? Something you would like from a museum or an art gallery that you other would than like the to box
1: own? office take? You, um, could take you could take
0: that. I don't know. <laughs> They've no, got no. lots of money. That's
1: they. Oh, if
0: they you want money, you know, just take an expensive painting and then sell it.
1: Yeah, that's true. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. What? D- mm, this is difficult. Yeah. Jewelry? Do I want there's jewelry? There's a lot of
0: jewelry. Ju- well, you know, there's some nice jewel. Ju- there's uh, Tutankhamun's jewels. They're probably quite nice. Um, they're, I quite like some of There's some stuff in the. I saw the Tutankhamun exhibition, uh, well, just before lockdown, I guess it was, or maybe the year before. And there's some really good. Fantastic big sort of guard statues. There's a little pencil case. I'd quite like. Oh, to pencil case. Well, oh, I love Tim Carmen's pencil case.
1: I love stationery. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> yeah. that. I'll take the pencil case. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm good. a woman of simple simple needs. I'll take the pencil case. Done.
0: It's <laughs> good. And uh, how many cheese graters do you own in, in your house?
1: Um, I did have three or four, but I'm, I'm down to one. But one like that's like a hexagon shape, so it's got all the different. Do yeah, you know I've mean, got I've side? got one. Yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. two of
0: those, yeah. and I've got um. But I just, don't you know, eat cheese. That, I'm doing pretty well. That's all I'm saying. I've got quite a lot of cheese graters. Is
1: it? (laughs) What happened to
0: the three or four? Did they they break the three or four? Did you lose them or did you give give them to other people?
1: Normally I like Ikea, but this is a fail on their part. It was one of those ones where it was like a Tupperware, but instead of it being a lid, it was a grater.
0: Yeah, I've got one of those as well. Uh,
1: I don't like it. No, no I don't, I don't like use it. it. No, exactly. There you go. So, yeah. If you get
0: your fingers, it's a bit more likely to catch your fingers, I think, as well.
1: I don't know what it was about. It was like it's just, you're trying to make the whole grating game too complicated. <laughs> don't try and be clever.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just that's a, that's a question that shows whether you're keeping it real and whether you're still a normal person despite all your success. And having one grater is, you know, that's, yeah. that's pretty down to earth and normal. Uh, And talking of audiobooks, I'll ask you this question and then we'll go back to talking about you. Ah. Um, uh, If you could have anyone from the past before their audiobooks to do their own audiobook. Oh, okay. Like, so, you know, know, go back in time before their audiobooks, before their recordings. Is there anyone you'd like to hear? I mean, it could be someone who just hasn't done their own audiobook who's alive. Right. Is there anyone you would like to – is there any uh, author – that you would like to hear read their own audio books.
1: Someone must have said the Bible if you've asked that before. Well,
0: I don't know if they have, what you so written read by God or read oh, by the people yes, who wrote. Yes, read yeah. by
1: God. No, I don't want to hear the people that wrote it. <laughs> I want to hear in God's. I want to hear what God's accent is. Yeah, like does he does he have like a, you know Middle Eastern accent or is it more this like indecipherable omnipotent sort of vibe he's got going on? Like what? Yeah. what What's the tone?
0: I wonder as well, it'd be the same when, you know, what you mentioned when you read your own book over for an audio book, you notice all the mistakes. <laughs> I wonder if you would go, oh, fuck, why did I do that? That was bad when I did that to Job. <laughs> What was I thinking? I meant
1: like just sparkling yeah. water into like still water, not wine. Like I come duh. across
0: crazy in some of this stuff.
1: <laughs> and, and I, I seem so vengeful. What's up with that? <laughs> Guys, I'm a really nice person. All right, let me go again. Sorry, sorry. My bad, my bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be amazing.
0: Cool. And so what what's coming up in the future, Andy? This, uh, is there more acting roles on the way, more books more podcasts, you yes, do a blog,
1: all, 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 all of those things, yeah. Richard.
0: That's that's my
1: life right yeah. now. So um, you're writing, are
0: you writing a new book? Is, is it with the same characters or with new characters? No, new
1: world, new yeah. characters. So I'm just what um, uh, oh, two thirds of the way through the first draft of it. Again, Great. it takes a really long time. It it's, always, it's
0: horrible writing books. It's the worst, it, and I just write stupid books, and it's horrible. But
1: it's still it's still tough, isn't it? It's it just, is, like it you is. just literally. The thing is, you just have to sit down and do it. There's no sort of fast tracking. I mean, there's no fast tracking with any sort of creative stuff, really. But particularly with books, you literally have to write all the words. They have to be good words that people like (laughs) and will understand. So, yeah, so I'm in the middle of doing that.
0: I think it's like, I think, again, it was, uh, forgive me if this wasn't you, because I've been reading a few things, but I think today that you were talking about how it's very easy when you're writing to kind of just fixate on the one bit you're doing in the first oh. craft and try and get it put per- rather than just spewing it out. And yeah. that's what I find very hard. I'll just like be, I'll be stuck for days and then go, Oh, look, just even just if you right, blah, 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 blah. And then get on to the next bit. Mate. Don't just try and make every little bit perfect as you go the first time.
1: When I gave my permi- myself permission to have placeholders and really got that as an idea of like a way to just like keep the, keep the writing flowing. It just changed everything. So someone said to me, um, was it in Ain't No Sunshine? The I know, I know, I know, I know is a placeholder. All right. They were gonna, you know, he meant to write some words, <laughs> some, some <laughs> different words than he had already used. But it, so placeholders work like yeah. all that sometimes they can be, just good enough I am gonna my book is gonna be filled with I know I know I know <laughs> <That could> work. <laughs> I, yeah, it could work. Good. So,
0: yeah. I think it's weird because sometimes you do get into a, you know usually for me it's when the deadline is two days away oh. and then suddenly I can write very easily and very quickly and, and and it comes out pretty good but it's like with stand-up as well I think sometimes you come up with a routine that on stage and it just falls out of your mouth and it's mm. sort of perfect and sometimes you sit at home Trying to make that work, and and actually, you'll just get up on stage, and the right words will suddenly come out on stage in the heat of the moment. And I, and I, I guess for me, it's always just, for me, it's always deadlines and, you know, forcing myself to do things where I have to be
1: creative. It uh, does focus the mind.
0: <laughs> if you're improvising life, <laughs> uh, then you kind of have to get going with it, right? And also, before you go, we'll let you go in a sec. Cause you've been lovely, giving giving up your love your time. It's been a pleasure. Do buy the book. uh, It's called Asking for a Friend. I don't think I've even said that. Oh, no,
1: we didn't say that, did we? Um,
0: uh, And uh, it's, you know, blokes don't buy it. No man is going to read it. But all the girls out there.
1: (laughs) It's for the ladies. I I
0: enjoyed it. It meant... open yourselves up to your empathy it'll help you guys no it's really good um, you, a Reiki teacher I don't know what Reiki is oh
1: gosh I might have to remove that um, where is that on uh, on Wikipedia
0: or something I think it might be on IMDB oh, IMDB yeah, yeah. well is I that did not that true?
1: years ago no it's totally true but I don't know if I could still do it I mean in theory you never you never lose the power but um, you I think you have to be practicing regularly but um, it's the like kind of um, sort of energy healing thing yeah That uh. But you, yeah, I think you have to be practicing. I'm more in the um, taking the Mickey out of it now, <laughs> rather than the actually doing it.
0: <laughs> but you're sort of sp- you're quite a spiritual person. Without, I don't know if you are religious. I don't get the vibe that you're religious. But you've you've, you've sort of feel from the stuff I've read about you to be quite spiritual and to be quite into that sort of self improvement and that sort of thing. So yeah. is, it, is it is it part of that strand of your?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I just uh, I'm like. I don't know anything but I'm curious <laughs> about stuff that's the thing yeah. for me and I just can't quite reconcile that this is this is it this is the limit of of, of hu- the human experience is just the material stuff I think that's part of it but I think there's more to it than that and I and I'm interested to find out what that is but I don't want to um you know, have finite answers. I, I think being in the question is so much more I- interesting than knowing the answers. And maybe that's all we're here to do is just to be in this constant question. But people don't like not knowing. They like, they <laughs> like you know, I know. <laughs> and so that's why we always argue about stuff. But yeah, yeah that's my thing. Is that I just like to be in the question.
0: Uh, but that's why you, you know, that's why you gravitated towards stand-up because that's sort of, stand-up's all about asking questions and not having to give answers, really. I think it's, it's, is pointing out where the the world is wrong and where things are silly, but it's not. It very rarely gives any answers, and if it does, it's not any. <laughs> not they're
1: not, any not good answers. Any, they're no <laughs> they're not not to answers anyone. to live by.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very look. You're, I think you're an amazing. You're a force of nature. You're doing so well in so many different uh, different disciplines. It's 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 incredible, uh, and Thank I wish you. you very good luck with all of these things, and uh, hope we see you. You know, doing some non-photograph acting. <laughs> That'd be good if you are moving. If you're moving around, that that's the next.
1: Do you know what the they next did next with? Because so one of the things that I did on the show was like I because I, yeah, I am a, a journalist. So they one of the bits of archive footage that we shot. They put a link to it as Morse code on the box of ibuprofen that Steve. <laughs> Uh are not bought. In the, and someone found it. Really? Yeah, I didn't even know it, but they tagged me on Twitter and I was just like, the hell? These people are good. Like there's all little Easter eggs all over the place. Not not it's not just about the Chizzes. It's like there's a lot of, there's a lot going
0: on. Well, I haven't I'm probably the only person in the country who hasn't seen a single second of line of right, duty. So I do. you don't know what I'm talking about. No, at no all. I do, but yes, I've, I've heard so many people talking about it. I still know all about what's in it. But I uh but I am, you know, it sounds like a great series and it is one of these, it is one of these universal shows, which is hard to get now where yeah. pretty much everyone has seen it. So it's a, it's a really big deal and I'm delighted that, uh, you know, I'm delighted even if you are just a photograph, which I'm sure you know. <laughs> I mean, you're <laughs> listed in IMDb in every episode. I don't know if they're just flashing the photo around. I
1: don't know who did that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So They're putting you a Reiki teacher in there. I know, exactly,
1: exactly. (laughs) They're putting us all.
0: Well, no, I'm sure there will be much more from you and it's, uh, it's really terrific to see you, A, back in the UK, but also sort of Exploding everywhere So go and buy those books Listen to the podcast And uh, check out all those Fantastic shows Thank you very much Andy uh, We'll be back next week Probably uh, If you're watching on Twitch We'll definitely be back next week If you listen to the podcast I don't know who my guest will be It's all dependent on Health well, issues We'll Aww. see It might be my I'm trying to persuade my wife To do one But we'll yes, see we'll see. It. that'll we'll be see
1: brilliant It'll be
0: fun wouldn't it I mean yeah. it might not be brilliant Andy it might be The end of our marriage
1: No don't say
0: that <laughs> just, It will be brilliant we start, what if we start arguing like we argue when you know when the camera's not on us?
1: It, uh, that no. will be brilliant. I'll be tuning, be. I'll be on Twitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, will, we will see. thank you very much. Your show. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to Rahala Stopper with me Richard Herring, and my guest Andy Osho. Thank you to Pest for providing the music. I am also indebted to my friend and producer Chris Evans, not that one, who does fantastic work in keeping these going. And to Ben Walker, who's helping us with all the ads, but is also a fantastic part of our amazing team. Especially when we get back into the real deal in the real theatres. Um become a badger gofasterstripe.com slash badges why not it's fun it's free it's fun oh no it's not free it costs money this is a sky potato fuzz and gofasterstripe.com production thanks everyone i love you all testicular cancer be aware of it have fantasia be aware of that as well though i don't know if there's a month for that it probably is but i can't imagine when it would be <laughs>